We were talking about it. Nobody knows how to handle that situation. You don't want to come out of the game, but you also, you know, they've got backups in and you don't want something bad to happen. But, I mean, what was I saving it for, you know? <laughs> I'm going to have a load of drinks tonight, so it don't matter. Like, whatever. It's, it's over. It's hard to. I mean, I said crappy. Uh, yeah, I mean, 14 completions, I mean, yeah, not good enough, period. Windows my whole career, and, and everybody that, that we have in that locker room, all the coaches we have, you know, things are going to change year to year, but our window's always open. Well, they, we've done it. We've kind of messed around with it in practice, but Pat, we call it the laboratory in there. He gets the guys down there, and then they, they, they don't put their name on it. They just bring it to me, and I've got 51% of the vote, so if I like it, you know, we go with it. <laughs> we work on stuff throughout the entire season, and then it's try to call it in the right moments. Um, and Coach Reed gives, gives us some freedom to do some of our own flair to it, and so that, uh, that circle one was one that we had kind of – we had ran some plays like it, and, and we talked about it on the side, and we were like, hey, let's, let's, let's see if we do this, get some confusion going to throw something back. You just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. The Raiders finished the season with a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday. Got to play the uh, first game of the weekend. Look at that. A primetime spot, kind of, for the Raiders to end their season. Didn't go very well. They got blown out in that game. You ready to give out some grades? Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Greenies grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Greenies grades. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Greenies grades. God damn it, I hate Jake Paddy. First topic to grade. The Kansas City Chiefs carousel huddle, ring around the rosy, snow globe, whatever you want to call it. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posy, ashes, <laughs> ashes, we all fall down. It's an A. A. Great. It was awesome. I mean, it's an A for the Chiefs. I don't know. A. They, they, if the guy doesn't hold, they get a touchdown off it. May I quickly pose the question? Is that one of the most disrespectful things you've ever seen? Where Not if you ask Josh McDaniels. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, uh, Max Crosby, and someone else from the Raiders said... Not disrespectful at all. They have to. They have to. Which was funny. They have to try them. I think Matt Crosby said they're trying things for the playoffs. <laughs> He's not going to play. They're using the you as a scout team. <laughs> um, yes, it is one of the most disrespectful things I think I've ever seen. Is hey, we're not going to huddle up. We're going to dance in a circle, and, and then, then we're going to run a weird. And then we're going to run a trick play where Mahomes is lined up as the running back. And, and we're going to pitch it to him. And then after the, or maybe it was at halftime, they interviewed him and he goes, yeah, we thought we knew it'd work. Yeah. <laughs> like we knew it would work. Man, that holding. You get that holding now if it's a touchdown. Um, the Raiders get an F for their post-game comments and being completely unaware that it was disrespectful. <laughs> completely disrespectful. Um, but the Chiefs also get an F. F. They got called for holding and the touchdown didn't count. Okay. That would have been the funniest play of the season if it hadn't got called for holding. 
Can't get called for holding in that scenario. You just can't do it. You cannot get called for a penalty. That touchdown has to stand. You're going to dance around like idiots in a circle. You can't then go get called for holding. Was the guy was dizzy? Hilarious. Was he dizzy from dancing in a circle that he got called for holding? Well, he was an offensive lineman. Yeah. And, you know, big man. Come on. What are they going to do next? The dizzy bat challenge? You got to put your forehead on a bat oh, and spin around 10 times? Oh, my God. That'd be awesome. I don't think you bring the, the bat on the field. Are Maybe. you allowed to pre-snap uh, motion run Maybe. around the quarterback multiple times? Just have Kelsey run I around. One, the, I think one was, guy is allowed to at yeah. a time. He can be in motion. <laughs> <laughs> Would a dizzy Travis Kelsey make it work? I mean, he played quarterback in high school. That could be oh, fun. I had this question. We didn't get to this question before we get back to grades. The Raiders on a uh, red zone play got called for 12 men on the field yes. on defense yes. uh, before the snap. 12 men in the in the huddle. If the Raiders had gotten to play every snap with 12 defensive players, do they win? No. Uh, I don't think they win, but I think it's closer. <laughs> no. You just get one free player. No. One free rusher, however you want to use him. One free player. You don't think they win? No. I don't either. All right, next topic to grade. The crowd at Allegiant Stadium. A. That was Jared. I shouldn't give out grades. A F. A F. I give the Red Sea of people an A, and the fact that Raider fans either sold their tickets or just didn't show up an F. I give Raider fans. No, they get an A. A. Yeah, yeah, they made their money. You're not playing. Assuming they, yeah, didn't sell for twenty bucks. These guys are supposed to be the best fans in the world. I thought they were supposed to be the. They're too busy fighting each other over Derek Carr. Yeah, that that is happening on Twitter. Uh, give us a percentage. You were there. What would you have guessed the percentage was? 60%? 60-40? Okay. Um, D. Here, here's the problem for... 60. Here's the problem when the Raiders host the Chiefs or the Niners and kind of the Broncos. The red and orange, it it is way... Too, it, like, pops way too much. Like, when your team Browns colors... the silver and black. When your team's colors are black and silver, you're ultimately black and gray is what your fans right. are wearing, and the other team's in red... It's going to look so much worse than it actually is because you're going to see the you red. You don't think it was 60? I uh, From TV, I thought it was more. I thought it was like 80. Right. But I'm just looking at like, you I know, I thought it was a home game yes. at certain points. So I thought it was more than 60-40. All right, next topic to grade. Andy Reid. Well, I know which way you're going this because you didn't like ring around the rosy pocket full of posy. Um, but I'm just going to say... A. A. I'd, I'm not grading him for the carousel huddle because apparently that was Patrick Mahomes that put it in. And it's a great huddle. They just got called for holding on it. Uh, Andy Reid gets an F because he punted on F. fourth and two from the Raiders' 47-yard line. What are you doing, Andy? What are you doing? They're going to lose in the postseason because they punt on fourth and two from the Bills' 47, and Josh Allen's going to actually go score a touchdown <laughs> in the game. Unlike Jarrett Stidham. What are you doing? You got Patrick Mahomes. It's fourth and two at midfield. Go for it. All right, next topic. The Raiders fan holding up the sign saying, we deserve better. Okay, this is an F for anyone who kicks these people out of the stadium. So the other detail. That was was what I was going to ask. For anyone who are removing free speech. It came from the top. That's what the security guard said in the video. Someone, the top being McDaniels, 
No, I don't think we. I don't know. All I know is in the video, the security guard goes we and came from about the this top. yesterday, and I don't know who it was, but I think it was someone who said the security guard told one of them they kicked out. It was McDaniel's, and I'm sorry. Say what you want about McDaniel's. I don't believe that for a second. I don't either. I don't believe for a second. He's looking in the stands as he runs out to the field. Says, "Ah, get that guy out of here. Get that guy out. There's no chance he's saying that." So the key here: one fan had a sign that said, "We deserve better." That was on ESPN showed that fan at one point, mm-hmm. so everybody got to see it. But the other detail here is he had another sign that said bench McDaniels, which is a funny right. sign because they benched Eric Carr. Said bench McDaniels, and he, according to this video, got kicked out. The video shows security guards going up to him and taking <laughs> yes. him up the stairs and then presumably out of Allegiant Stadium. I, I'm surprised they would kick a fan out for a sign that just says bench McDaniels. That's, yeah. that's pretty tame. Like, there's no... Like that that's really tame for there's to no kick profanity. Out. Right. There's no profanity there's nothing, whatsoever. Th- there's no profanity whatsoever. It's two words. And, and no, I I didn't even I'm say fire. This. I thought it was that right. I, no, it didn't even say fire. Like that's extremely tame to send somebody out. And maybe we can have and the whole who, argument about who did it. I was gonna they, say, who do you think ultimately does that? Because vi- it's not McDaniels. There's I, just I no chance. If it's McDaniels, oh, it's then, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. There's no chance it's him. Would it? Would, would Mark Davis have done that? He's sitting in his box and he sees somebody, it on ESPN. Somebody shows him like on their phone and says, "Hey, this guy's got a sign that says we deserve better." ESPN. Just I believe it. more that than McDaniels. I would too, but even then, I don't know if I believe either. Well, I'm right. not believing McDaniels, and I would hope Mark Davis has better things to do as well. But I mean, it's when when I heard that yesterday. Um, watching games with some people, I'm, we all said there's just no chance. Yeah, I, he's got so much more in his yeah. mind. He's running out to the field to coach a game, and what is he looking back and seeing a sign? And he has the sniffles. And I would say the fans, we deserve better sign, hundred percent. Raiders fans deserve think, so much better. I don't think either sign was bad. No, I don't either. All right, next topic: Daniel Carlson. Oh, I love Daniel Carlson. I was. I, I got to give him the grade. I give him the paper. The easiest uh, on this on this team when we do our grades in the paper, we just leave an A for the special teams. Except the one week where AJ Cole uh, uh, screwed up a punt, we had to like knock it down to a B, but A A because I just I'm conditioned that he makes everything, and he does his job. You're gonna give him. An, an F. F. You're gonna Daniel give him an Carlson F. gets an F. You're going to give him an F. F. You want to take a guess as to why he's Fail. getting an F? I'm trying to think what happened in the game besides him making both His field goal attempts. onside kick was horrendous. Oh. Here's my question. We don't see I onside kicks. I was riding kicks. at that point. <laughs> we don't see onside <laughs> kicks recovered anymore in the NFL. Why are kickers not awesome at onside kicks? What do they do all day? We've had this conversation. What do they do all day? We know AJ Cole and Daniel Carlson talk about who could they beat up in a fight because they don't have a whole lot to do. Why are onside kicks not better? Why is there ever an onside kick that gets recovered okay, by I the other team? I can't grade this because I might have been writing during this. <laughs> it got recovered by Kansas City about seven yards down the field. They recovered it before it even got 10 yards. Why aren't onside kicks amazing? They have all day, every day to practice. You, you don't need to keep kicking field goals from 55 yards. I don't understand why they're not amazing at this. I don't get it. He gets an F because if he's got time to argue about could he F. beat up the long snapper without thumbs, they should be kicking onside kicks more. I might have changed it had I seen it. Yeah. You have like four <laughs> things to do. All right. Next one to grade. More special teams. Tommy Townsend and A.J. Cole. 
I know where you're going, but I'm going the same way, baby. I think they're really good. A.J. Cole goes two punts, averages 61 yards, and he puts one down at the two. Now, how can he get anything other than an A? A. He was celebrating. It was so funny. They both get A's. I'm not giving them anything but an A. A. So we had six punts in this game. By the way, these were number one and number two Pro Bowl punters. Uh, Cole's not going because they only take one. Uh, Townsend had four punts. Three were downed inside the 10. Cole had two punts. One was down inside the 10, and it was at the two-yard line. Yeah, it was at the two. Second half of this game, most interesting part was which punter's going to down him inside the five, and they both kept doing it. Phenomenal. All right, next one to grade. Jarrett Stidham. It's going to surprise you. C. C. Running for his life a lot of the game. I thought they didn't do anything in front of him. I also thought he wasn't very good. But I, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a passing grade. It's a, it's not it's not a uh, you know an A or B passing. But I'm going to give this kid a C. I don't think he got. Let's be honest. I don't think he got much C. Help. He gets. You're an giving F. him an F. You're giving him an F. F. For one reason, he fumbled twice. Can we just get Tyler to do pass fail? <laughs> well, we know which one it's going to be. Have every you given time. anyone a B? Yeah. Next one is getting not oh. an A or an F. I can promise okay. that. Uh, he gets an F. He fumbled twice. He can't fumble twice. He has the same size hands as Derek Carr, and Derek Carr didn't lose a fumble all year. Jared Stidham comes in. Look isn't at him. That funny that he, isn't that funny? I think he's the only... Is he the only one, or I was reading, where he didn't, didn't lose a fumble? He didn't lose a fumble. That probably started like at least yeah, 10 games yeah, or something. Exactly. He might have exactly. been, because he didn't, which is the biggest upset of the year. Now, he still threw 15 picks, so the whole turnover thing was still he an also issue. also did fumble a lot. Yeah, they just recovered. Yeah, they just, they just recovered, yeah, they they just just recovered the fumbles. All right, next topic to grade, Devontae Adams. I'm going to say a B. B. Five catches, 73 yards. Yeah. I lied. You're, you're I lied. I lied. He gets an F. Exactly. God. <laughs> Fail. Devontae Failure. Adams dropped a touchdown pass. That's why he gave him the B. He, he dropped the pass. Dropped a touchdown pass. It hit touchdown him pass. in the face. Yeah. No, 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 not no. that one. He actually oh, dropped two, no. but one of them he got held around the neck while dropping it. So No, he, the one on the quick slant he dropped. No, in no. the end zone, right? The deep Indeed. ball. Stidham threw it into double coverage, and Devontae Adams mistimed his jump and hit him in the hands anyways, and he didn't catch it. Should have been a touchdown. Okay, so in the they slant, it hit him in the goal. helmet? Uh, yes, that one hit okay. him in the helmet, but that, that's the one he was being interfered with and probably should have been a call. Soft. But he dropped. He should have caught both, to be honest, but he should have caught the deep ball into double coverage, and he didn't. And listen, they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't drop touchdown passes when that guy's your quarterback. Yeah, because you're going to can't throw it that far. You're going to get <laughs> you're gonna like two chances all game. That's all you get. Um, all right, last one, Darren Waller. You know what? I'm throwing it out there. To hell with it. I'm going F. Let's go. F. I'm going Finally. F. The two, worst. Two for 35 was his uh, line. I'm going to give him an incomplete. Ooh. Incomplete. incomplete. Here's what the Raiders did that I thought was fascinating. The amount of times Thayer Munford was announced as an eligible That's player. That's every week. It's unbelievable how many times that happens. So here's the interesting part to me. What's the point of a tight end if you're going to take him out for an offensive lineman right. when you're going to run the ball? The whole point of a tight end is that guy can be a blocker. He can block, yeah. Or he can go yeah. and catch the ball. And if your plan is, well, when we throw it, Darren Waller's in the game. When we run it, Thayer Munford's in the game. Waller's not a tight end anymore. Waller's a receiver. And the whole point of a tight end is now defeated because Thayer Munford's in the game. They did run a couple of play action passes. Thayer Munford actually was wide open in the end zone at one point. Oh, did he run a route? Yes. I missed it. So I'm giving Waller an incomplete because he's no longer a tight end. 
And if you're the Raiders, how did you give a contract extension to a guy that you don't trust to block as a tight end? It's not good enough. All right, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No. Me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's brief. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's briefs. What's going in hockey? It seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier. Passes to Huck and Chuck, who skates past the blue line. Huck and Chuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Here's a fun tweet from a guy named Jason Jarrett. Does Jimbo fire Bobby Petrino and hire Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> Bobby can come back here. Oh my God, please. Cliff Kingsbury got uh, fired by the Arizona Cardinals today and would be probably a good candidate for a college offensive coordinator job. And Texas A&M would probably pay quite a bit of money. So, uh, God, that would be funny. If you fire the guy who you just hired. Who left the job for three after three <laughs> weeks. <laughs> that would be good. So I am all on board with uh, seeing that happen to Bobby Petrino because, you know, we already hired an offensive coordinator. Can't take, can't take we know Petrino of. back. Can't Don't know Petrino much about back. him, but we know of. Uh, so, Bischoff's briefs today. The NFL draft. The Chicago Bears are going to pick number one overall because the Bears lost to the Vikings on the final day and the Texans beat the Colts 32 to 31. The Houston Texans converted two fourth downs on their final drive, including a fourth and 20. They were the first team in the league this year to convert on a fourth and 20 or longer. And they did all that to blow the number one pick in the draft. Oh, and they went for two to take the lead at the end as well, which leads us to one, a fun fact. The Raiders were the only team to lose to the Colts after they hired Jeff Saturday this season. There is a really good chance that in the entirety of NFL history, when the NFL ends or the world, whatever ends, the, the only coach in the history of the NFL to lose to Jeff Saturday will be Josh McDaniels. There is a really good chance that that happens. Uh, and well, Saturday that. is a head coach. Yes. And that might end up being true forever and ever and ever. Also, if you are the owner of the Houston Texans, don't you have to sprint down to the field before the two-point conversion and tell them to take a knee? <laughs> At least get on the headset. Like, don't you have to make sure that doesn't get converted? I mean, you'd think so, given you want the number one pick <sighs> in the draft. They lost the number one pick. Because they went for two and they converted. The head coach and the quarterback are not going to be here next no. year. Well, well Davis the head Mills coach we know of, he's already been fired. Lovey Smith has already been fired. Lovey Smith literally got hired because everyone got mad that they were going to hire Josh McDaniels without any Josh McCown, Josh McCown without any experience. And then they're like, all right, well, lovey, you tried to win. That was your first mistake, right? They lost the number one pick because they converted a fourth and 20 and then went for two instead of taking the extra point. You have to, you have to kneel They they no longer have the ability to draft Bryce young. 
They no. do not the the organization that needs a franchise quarterback does not have the ability to draft Bryce Young. They don't have that anymore unless they trade up for it or unless they get lucky and Bryce Young falls right. to number two. They do not control the ability to draft Bryce Young. You have to tell your team to take a knee there. You have to. It would have been funny if he did uh, put that down on the uh, on the headset and see Lovey's reaction. It should have. The fan with the sign that says, we deserve better, the owner should have elbowed that guy out of the way and quickly written on it, take a knee. <laughs> take a knee. <laughs> take a knee to get his message across. 100%. Okay. Now here's the question I have for you. Bears are picking number one overall. Would they take Bryce Young? No. No. Justin Fields no. sucks. He He's not great, but I think they've, in their minds, invested enough in him that they will not take Bryce Young. I think they're going to trade the pick. I think that's, you try to get as many, you try to get as many picks as possible. Yes. So start with seven. Here's how you get as many picks as possible. You tell everybody you're drafting Bryce Young. Every sure. single story about the Bears in the first round pick should have somebody in the Bears front office telling whatever media member, oh yeah, we like Bryce Young. We might take Bryce Young. 100% of those stories. Because if you are going to maximize your value when you trade out a number one, you have to do it because other teams are afraid you'll take Bryce Young. And because if you're not going to take Bryce Young, then number one's not as I can just lowball you. Everybody can lowball you because oh you're not going to take a quarterback. So why would we have to get up to get the get the quarterback there? It's not going to happen. We can lowball you because you don't want to pick there. You want to trade down because you know you're not taking a quarterback. Right, you're, not, you're staying with Justin Fields. By the time we get to the draft or whenever they trade the pick, everyone needs to believe the Bears are taking Bryce Young. And I actually think they probably should take Bryce Young. Because then Justin Fields could be a Raider. I don't think, yeah, Fields <laughs> could be the next starting quarterback here. I don't think you're doing anything with Justin Fields as your quarterback. I, he's just, he's the worst uh, by efficiency measures. He's a worse passer than Zach Wilson. He runs the ball, so he's got a little bit more value than Zach Wilson, but he's, he's quite possibly the worst quarterback in the NFL. And I don't think you're doing anything with that. Their team's awful. He doesn't have a lot of help around him. But I don't think you're doing anything there. And I think they should strongly consider taking Bryce Young. But even if they don't, they need to make all of us believe they would take Bryce Young. Are you suggesting the Raiders a road game next year in Chicago is a possible win? It should be. Justin Fields saying. revenge game. Just saying. It should be. Should be more than a possible win. Should be a guaranteed <laughs> win. I mean, we have seen a team kind of recently do something similar where Josh Rosen basically was just like, I've been here for a year. Oh, I'm gone. And guess what? Josh Rosen wasn't any good. Well, he also, I mean, he never really got a chance. If he was any good, he would have gotten a chance. That's fair. Like, we're, the, the Dolphins are starting a guy named Skylar Thompson. That is fair. Like, if, you, if you're any good, you're going to get a chance. So Jarrett Stidham got a chance. I just, okay, fine. I, he, he's just, he's, it was one of the few opportunities for one of the chosen people to have to excel <laughs> in athletics. So maybe my, uh, maybe I'm uh, a little biased. Uh, I am curious. We'll get into this a lot more, but quickly off the top of your head, how strongly do the Raiders try to trade up to number one? Oh, if Ooh. they fall in love with one of those guys, I think they try to trade up. Quick question: In your mind, should they trade up to number one, and then also, what like percentage wise? Like percent like, and then go get Brady? No, like trade up to number one, get Bryce Young, Bryce Young, 
And then, like, do you think that they should do that? Oh, I think they should go get a franchise quarterback, yeah. All right. I think they should go get a franchise quarterback. If Will get- Levis at number seven. Come on down. <laughs> Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Pat Forty joins the show. Certainly wasn't shocked. It was here we go again. This is uh, five straight years that Bobby Petrino has been a head coach, and five straight years he has tried to get another job. He is terminally unhappy everywhere he is, in every capacity that he's in. He's always looking for the next step, and uh, he found another one here. He's now had three jobs within a calendar year. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now, it's Pat Forty, writing for Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter at ByPat40. Um, good morning, Pat. And I'm curious, hey, do you think Bobby Petrino uh, is a good enough offensive mind to deal with, uh, well, him being Bobby Petrino? <laughs> uh We'll find out. I think uh, if you are Texas A&M in this situation, he's first of all, he's not in charge of the whole program. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, bring him in, draw plays, call plays, talk on the headset. Yeah, I think I think it's a, a, a worthwhile gamble to, to take because Jimbo Fisher needs the help. Bobby could supply it. Don't ask him to be the face of the program. Don't ask him to manage players. Don't ask him to deal with athletic department staffers. Don't ask him to get on a Harley. And, uh, you know, everything should be okay. Yeah, it's, Pat, it's a, it's amazing that people keep going back to him, and it speaks to the talent that he has. Um, you covered him in both stints in Louisville, a uh, little in Arkansas. Uh, was, he as, was he that good that people just keep going back to the well here? Because it is a little amazing that they keep hiring him for these big-time jobs and keep paying him what they pay him. Well, yeah, it is amazing, but uh, yeah, I mean, he is that good. I, now, you know, we'll see again in 2023 if his offense remains fresh enough. I think it will because he's, he's got that good a mind. But you know, this is this has been a 20 year run basically of him getting jobs because he's he's got that sort of, of mentality, intellect, uh, you know, ability to to scheme and and come up with stuff, but. Uh, you know, you you put up with with Bobby to get Bobby, uh, as as you guys basically alluded to, and if he delivers, I mean, Texas A and M has a chance to to move way the heck up from a very bad five and seven to you know maybe ten wins. From a, a national perspective, is there any uh, strong positive or negative reaction to Barry Odom being the head coach here in Las Vegas at UNLV? Um, I think it's, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say strong, but I would say it's moderately positive, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Barry's a good coach. I think he was a very good hire. I think, you know, UNLV has tried to reinvent the wheel who knows how many times. They've tried to find every kind of possible coach, uh, but I think this is a good one. I really think that Barry Odom maybe shouldn't have been fired at Missouri and uh, is, is a really good defensive coordinator, Really good recruiter. Uh, I think I think it's very much a worthwhile uh, uh, endeavor for UNLV to hire him. Yeah, uh, you're in LA for the game uh, tonight. We had two incredible semifinals. We usually don't get that. What are the odds? I think the number around our town is twelve and a half, thirteen right now. What are the odds we get any kind of game like that tonight? I hope so. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be probably closer than the number. Um, you know, I, I I just think. 
uh, Ohio State and LSU both exposed that Georgia's defense certainly is not last year's Georgia defense, that there are some holes there. There are some things you can exploit. They don't cover terribly well. They don't play the ball in the air terribly well. And TCU's got a great quarterback and great receivers. So, you know, they have this, they have a strength that can attack Georgia's weakness. Uh, now, the thing, they've, they've got to protect Max Duggan. They've got to keep him off the ground. Uh, and they've got to find a way to not just get run over by Georgia's offense, which is really good. So I think there's going to be pretty many points. I, I, I would say I like the over. And I like TCU to, to cover a, a, a big number. Pat Forty with us from Sports Illustrated. So the curious part to me is we saw TCU against Michigan and J.J. McCarthy threw for almost 350 yards in that game. That's something that J.J. McCarthy does very often. But TCU managed to get three sacks. They forced a fumble and they had two interceptions. They returned for a touchdown. I assume they're going to give up yards. They're going to give up points to Georgia, but can they make those same big defensive plays that help change the game and keep them in it tonight? Yeah. Good question. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a little wary of that. I mean, you know, yeah, they had to pull everything out to, to, to win that game. Uh, but you know, they, they are a big play kind of defense. I mean, they attack, they, they blitz, they, they throw stuff at a quarterback and Stetson Bennett's really good. But he's also he will put some balls in harm's way, and he will take some chances, and so he may serve up an interception or two. He may try to scramble more than he should, and, and maybe take a sack fumble. Uh, you know, if you're TCU, you, you, you don't really want to go in counting on that, but you got to try to make that happen. And I think it's not out of the question that, that Stetson maybe gives him a little bit of help. Was there something we didn't know about Sonny Dykes that we learned this year? Well, how good a coach he is, my goodness. I mean, I didn't know he was this good. I, I knew he did a very good job at SMU. Uh, but before that, you know, he got fired at Cal. Uh, he, was, he was good at Louisiana Tech. He was just, he was out of his element at Cal. That was, you know, taking that job was a bad decision on his part. But he's, he's a really good offensive mind. He's a good recruiter. He has a lightness and uh, affability about him that I think makes him really attractive, like for players, media, fans, everything. You know, like Gary Patterson was a great coach there, but he wore everyone out. And they, were, they had Gary Patterson fatigue by the end, and, and Sonny Dykes comes in like this breath of fresh air. The program's much more open. Uh, he's player-friendly. You know, he's just a totally different guy than the last guy, which is kind of usually what most places want when you change coaches, but it's worked obviously like better than anybody could have dreamed. So I guess, would you be shocked if it's a one-year wonder or not? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's a one-year wonder. That's my guess. I, you know, first of all, they're sitting on a gold mine of talent. DFW, you know, has, has got as many players as any metropolitan area other than maybe Atlanta Maybe Miami. I don't know. I mean, it's way up there with in terms of players. And if you go to TCU, man, I mean, they've done it right. They've built everything, and they built it really nicely. And it, it you you walk on that campus, you're like, holy moly, this is great. So I think he's going to keep recruiting well, and they're just going to keep rolling. They may not, you know, be thirteen and zero or thirteen and one. I'm sorry, uh, you know, again. But I think I think they can, they can be a ten win team more often than not many years to come. 
Will we see this type of turnaround anytime soon from another program that goes from not being bowl eligible to playing for the national championship one year later? I've been thinking about that, and I, I certainly think it's more likely now than it used to be, mostly because of the transfer portal and the immediate eligibility. You know, you can go get eight guys and plug them in that are 20, 21, 22 years old, and they can, you know, help you right away turn things around. I mean, I look at like a Miami, which was really disappointing this year, but has talent, and you go get, you know, X number of guys, and all of a sudden, you can go from maybe five wins to doubling that. And, and then we're going to get into a 12-team playoff situation where you go 9-3 and three and you're in, and maybe you're catching fire at the end, and, and you can make a run and win the thing. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's more likely that we will see this than less likely again. Um, let's say Georgia wins the national title tonight. How will we look back and remember Stetson Bennett? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think he'll be an all-time great college guy. I don't think, you know, he's going to be – we're not going to be looking at him and saying that's the next Drew Brees or uh, something like that, Russell Wilson, you know, other short quarterbacks. Uh, I don't see him having this great NFL career. But, man, oh, man, I mean, incredibly accomplished. Uh, be the first back-to-back starting quarterback champion uh, in a decade and just the fifth in the last 50 years. They basically, I guess you could say they come along once a decade. Uh, it's just remarkable that it's him – a guy who was a walk-on who left to go to junior college and then came back and has been benched over and over again. So uh, his numbers back it up. I mean, he's not just, you know, this caretaker QB. He's had two incredible seasons in a row here. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be over, I think, maybe over 4,000 yards this year, depending on what happens tonight. So uh, he's a good one, really good, and, and just a really fun story. Well, he is Pat Forty. Again, follow him on Twitter at ByPat40 and check out Sports Illustrated for his coverage of tonight's national championship game and the rest of the college football world. Pat, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Pat. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Appreciate Thank it. You. Uh, so there is Pat Forty on the national championship game and a little Bobby Petrino. You can hear the national title game right here on ESPN Las Vegas tonight. Also, head out to Twin Peaks and watch the national championship with Willie Ramirez and ESPN Las Vegas. And now we've got tickets to give away. Collective Soul is playing Saturday, this coming up Saturday, at the Pearl at the Palms, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number if you want two tickets to go see Collective Soul. Be caller number five right now at 702-364-1100. Leaping, Dobbs looking, firing, a cockroach catching. Let's see that signal. I got it. Touchdown, Titans! You're locked in the press box. What was that play call? That was the one touchdown that the Titans scored, and apparently there was a bit of a delay. And so he's like, let's see that signal! All right. I got it! Titans fortunately lost. (laughs) Um... Oh, God. Think about how brutal that would have been (laughs) as the, like... Yeah, that definitely would have been the first game on Saturday. We're already getting Miami without Tua, which is which is a nightmare. Um, we're also getting whatever's happening in the NFC between the Giants and the the Bucks. Although I think they're going to win, and I guess the Seahawks are 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 at least a little fun. They're not as good as they were to start the season, but I guess they're at least fun. Like they're not. 
Like I, Ken Walker's a fun running back. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett are fun receivers. Like Geno Smith is out here running. Yeah. That was a weird play. By the way, have you seen Ed left for anybody wondering where Ed went? Ed's Ed's gone. Raiders are doing locker room clean out uh day, so you can go talk to the players. By the way, completely off track of what I was about to say. Uh Vic Tafer tweeted because Josh McDaniels is talking to the media right now. Vic Tafer tweeted so many positive questions at Josh McDaniel's season-ending press conference. Oh, <laughs> I think you and I have said this because, and this is a conversation that you and I would just have. The sports media in this town, as a unit, is very like we're soft. We are we are a like body pillow. <laughs> like we are absolutely the softest media in the country. You, I play that Australian clip. That's like, I believe that's just Australian soccer, which isn't even like the main soccer I think they watch in Australia. There's a shouting match between the coach and a media member. Here it's like, hey, coach, and I know you'd never say this, but what do you think when this person maybe kind of implied that? Soften him up. Um, Adam Hill just tweeted out a quote from Josh McDaniels. I've been in this league for 22 years, and this is the best fan base I've been around. I mean, yeah. That's a tough you, quote after Chiefs fans took over Allegiant Stadium. I bet they were really respectful. <laughs> they, I bet those I bet he's been around like this whole season at home. He's like, man, every fan base they come in, they clean after clean up after themselves. We've only had to throw out one guy, and that was one of our fans. <laughs> Chiefs fans aren't coming with a bench <laughs> yeah, with Daniel's side. They're like they're very respectful. They all the all the AFC West uh, fan bases just uh, they tell me, you keep doing what you're doing, buddy. You're doing great. All right. Where was I going with the NFL playoffs? I have no idea. I totally forgot. Oh, oh, I know what it was. Have you have you watched the Seahawks much this year? Yeah. So because I was on that Geno <laughs> Geno comeback player of the year. Oh yeah, all you idiots. Um, <laughs> have you noticed what Tyler Lockett does? The fall down. He doesn't get tackled. Right. He falls down. He f- literally falls down. There was there was a drive. I think it was the end of the. Was it the end of? The, I think it was the end of the fourth quarter when they ended up missing the field goal that would have won the game. He dove headfirst instead of being tackled on a drive in which they're trying to get into field goal range, and they were not in field goal range. He is 100% committed to not being tackled. Like, he will run out of bounds when given the opportunity, and he will slide or dive when given the opportunity before taking a hit. From an, hey, I'm I'm here to be entertained standpoint, it sucks because we want to see people either get lit up or break a tackle and run for 20 more yards from a, oh, that's smart? 100%. Every single player in the NFL should be, oh, I caught the pass. I got 20 yards. All right, I'm going down right here. I'm okay, good. so I'm good. the two Hall of, well, not Hall of Famer, but the two, the Hall of, the, the Hall of Fame of I'm not getting tackled guys are Jerry Rice near the end. Who would literally, he'd see a guy coming in like a missile and he'd just like lay down. Like, nah, man, you're going over the top. I'm not doing this. I'm 40. And then Ted Ginn, who, if he could, if he couldn't make the guy in front of him miss, even if he had a wide open field and all he had to do was kind of like break an arm tackle, I'm going out of bounds, buddy. It's phenomenal. It's exactly how it should be done because you don't, yeah, you, you got to stay. You got to stay around in the game, stay around in the league. It's what you got to do here. Um, it's a fun way to do it. Uh, also, uh, Cliff Kingsbury got fired today. Does he end up as a head coach somewhere? We joked about him replacing Bobby Petrino. Not in the NFL, but at the college level. Is somebody hiring Cliff Kingsbury? 
I think he has to I think he has to rehab the you don't get to be like wonderkind. Didn't Lane Kiffin have to go spend like five years with at Alabama to get like his like no really I am a boy genius. I'm just in my forties now. Back. <laughs> I'm just in my forties now. Uh Lane Kiffin, he did the Raiders, he did the one year in Tennessee, and they hate him because he left for USC. And then, let's see, he had four years between his USC last year and his next head coaching job at Florida Atlantic. So, took four years off. But normally, like, he got fired from the Raiders and immediately went to Tennessee. Normally, if you get fired from the NFL level, you don't have to take that, hey, I got to rehab what's going on. You just jump into a head coaching job at the college level. Well, all right, Cliff Kingsbury, Florida Atlantic. He will be... Mowing through the divorcees. <laughs> Give me, um, all right, take a guess as to what Cliff Kingsbury's record was first with the Cardinals. I want to say, what, he did four years, 13 and 40 something? <laughs> he won more than 30. He won 11 in one season. Come on. Oh, I totally forgot about that. They went to the playoffs. Uh, 28, 37 and one. That was his NFL record. He's fired. All right. You won 43% of his games. What do you think his record was at Texas Tech? Probably, how many years was he at Texas Tech? Uh, six. So probably... He coached what? in 75 games. 25 and 50? 35 and 40. He wasn't very good either place. Yep. But hey, he's he's got the, you know, he's, he's good at offense. He just needs a defense. So at Texas Tech, oh my God, he was he was never above 500 in the Big 12. At Texas Tech, his best season was an eight and five year, and they won the Holiday Bowl. Um, they they went six and six or worse in the regular season every year after that. Thirty five and forty overall, nineteen and thirty five in the Big Twelve. And then for the Cardinals, why did the Cardinals hire him? For the Cardinals, he went twenty eight thirty seven and one, one playoff appearance in four years. This he, guy has he's some, not very good. This well, this he he's got some Elon Musk to him, where it just seems to be like. Doesn't really know what he's doing. People keeps failing. Yeah, keeps failing upwards. And people keep going, no, no, you don't get it. He's really smart. No, no, you don't get it. You just keep giving him money. Okay. Here is a phenomenal stat for you. So I just told you that he won 28 games in the regular season as the Cardinals head coach. Do you think Cliff Kingsbury has more career wins as a head coach or passing yards as a quarterback in the NFL? Passing yards. No. 17 career passing yards, which I think is more embarrassing than zero. Right? Uh, that means that you got brought in and you got brought in at the end of the year. And it was like, yeah, Cliff, go go run around out there. He got signed on in uh, November 20th in 2005. Played in a fourth quarter. One of two for 17 yards. Isn't that worse than zero? Wait, one of two? One of two for 17 yards. That means he yards. went deep. He completed a 17-yard <laughs> pass. Well, we don't know if it was deep. Maybe he threw it to a receiver. Who was playing receiver for the Jets in 2005? Wayne Krabet? Was he still around in 2005? Like, Was that Plaxico? So one. Of, I feel like 17 passing yards is more embarrassing than zero. Like you'd rather be the guy who just simply never came in and threw the ball. Be way better that way. So Cliff Kingsbury fired. There's no chance anybody's shy to be a head coach. Maybe a high school. Maybe Jim Ursay can team him up with Jeff Saturday. They'll get it done there.